mics over here. Well, we got Ooh. Hot Matt and Hot Mike running a couple of hot mics. Hi, everybody, and welcome to New Year's, to a New Year's evening. Ooh. Ah, Matt, okay. we're going to talk uh, WWE Legends uh, in a Depends diaper-changing episode. Matt, we're going to talk the Good Brothers 2 <laughs> sweetening of this week. Matt, it's another Brothers of Discussion. Who's excited? I am. Matt, we're going to talk everything from the rest of our 2020 year in review picks. Ooh, don't want to miss those. Matt, our way too early Royal Rumble picks, which I feel like we start doing those right after SummerSlam. Well, really, after the previous Royal Rumble, we start getting uh, a lot like those poor bastards who do draft previews, and then they do like an NFL draft preview for the next draft the day after the last draft just ended. So that's us with the Royal Rumble. Matt, every episode, <laughs> we, of course, are going to include a little a little something-something for that Wednesday Night War action. This episode is going to do that as well. Matt, before we get in, we always like to have a little lifetime banter and, you know, Today I had my uh, Xfinity representative. He came over and got me cable, and I can cancel Hulu Live, which is what a waste of money that was. Um, didn't get any sports going. It was literally just wrestling at one point. And uh, the guy came over. He was he was very pleasant, and uh, he smoked a couple cigarettes. Uh, not within view of me. He went behind the wooden fence into my neighbor's yard, so I couldn't see it. But it didn't happen. Yeah, if I can't see it, it doesn't happen. So I don't I don't know. Hopefully my neighbors didn't see because there's just a, a hulking man back there. David! Welcome back, David. How are you? Um, David, Matt, you got enough about me. Enough about the uh, smoking gun in the backyard. Uh, climbing up a ladder and putting a, a white cable up so I can watch more wrestling. How are things at your house? Uh, they're doing great. Uh, I was going to say, David, you got uh, you got a present. On the way, my man. I'll uh, I'll send you the deeds, but uh, it's more important to me that I uh, I sent you that present. So keep an eye out. I will confess, the last time we sent out presents, it took like three more weeks than it was supposed to take. So be patient. Just know we're thinking of you, and it's on the way. Uh, but thanks for playing along and uh, doing some betting. I think uh, once we get closer to the Royal Rumble, we might play some more games in that regard. So more reason for everybody to listen because oh, uh, hey. Hey, 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 yeah, maybe uh, maybe there's more gear, more WWE. This is like the, the brother discussion out. birthday, I would say. I mean, it didn't officially start on the Royal Rumble, but I think we started wanting to do a podcast because of the Royal Rumble. Um, yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, also, Kane and Undertaker seem to be quite a big inspiration for the show. We are the <laughs> they brothers they, they of the show, but the Rumble, you know, like Kane in 2001 eliminating, you know, a third of the field. Oh, what a moment that will live in my heart forever. I still go back and I rewatch it. And I like to think that if I watch it enough times, one of the one of those times he's going to win. All right. Well, Dave, Dave's sick of our banter already. He's uh, saying, let's talk about wrestling. Let's wrestling. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I, I just want to throw out there, Mike, I, I just had a wonderful interview for our other podcast um, with a guy who's a pro wrestling fan. Um, he, he attended uh, some pretty huge uh, wrestling events, including the It Was Me Austin uh, event, which uh, he's talked about on his own podcast 
Uh, he is, uh, so if you guys are Red Wings fans, uh, head on over to Red Wings Rant. He's going to be our feature this Sunday, and then the podcast will release on Monday. Uh, I did talk with, with him a little bit, and uh, I was going to steal it for this show, but wrestling has destroyed him so much. It was so not made for this show. <laughs> oh. uh, we talked about like solving the dilemma of being like drained or exhausted from the product. And, and basically he said, I love wrestling more because I don't watch it. So <laughs> oh. the Red Wings conversation is fantastic. Um, I just, and I, I'm not saying this to say, man, I can't believe Ryan said that. I said it to him and I listened to what his response was and uh, it crushed me because I was like, yeah, that probably is the best way to like wrestling is to not watch 15 hours a week. Right. All right. So yeah, quick, quick shout out to that interview. And I, I hope uh, if you are a Red Wings fan, if you've uh, run into this podcast that you'll go check that out. But I, I had an absolute blast. So check that out on uh, Red Wings rant on uh, Sundays. Uh, we, we go live. Um, that'll be at BOD hockey. All righty. Um, Mike, you asked me about my day, and you completely left the screen, so I'm glad uh, you're interested. So <laughs> let's talk what happened this week in pro wrestling. Uh, Mike, first thing on your list, I've got it queued up so we can actually watch a bit of it. Let's see oh, how long man. we can yeah, actually David, go before. Uh, Dave, you didn't see this live, or uh, I guess when it first came out, it was really blowing up Twitter, um, deservedly. And I, it was our Mike Worker of the Year, no contest, uh, Eddie Kingston. Dropping an impromptu, uh, that's just kind of, just kind of, you know, in the aftermath of, of the Brody Lee tribute. Um, Matt, just go ahead and play it. It's going to be, yeah. Just uh, as always, let me let me know if you can't hear it right away. <laughs> All right, we'll do. We made that man proud. So this doesn't end tonight. This does not end tonight. As long as this company's around, I'm around, and all the rest of you will be here. We're gonna do that every time. And we're gonna make him proud, and we're gonna make him proud of everyone we've ever fucking lost. Because that's our art. That's what we do. Don't forget tonight. Use this. Take this energy. Yeah, it's negative now, but make it positive. And tell everyone you love them. Don't be like our fathers. It took, it took my old man 55 fucking years to say he loves me. I love each and every one of you. Do you understand that? Because you put your bodies on the line. I love all of you. Stay be with each other. God damn it, bro. What a my motherfucker got me talking to everybody. <laughs> but listen. We're going to get past this together. We're going to be stronger than anything. Tonight showed it. How strong we are. We fought through tears. We fought through everything. We put on probably the greatest tribute show I've ever seen in my life. And we're going to carry it. Let's carry it. And let's do it. All right. Um, I mean, honestly, like... Uh, one of the greatest promos of all time right there. Um, I have no problem saying that. Uh, it definitely, uh, it, it was hard to watch the first time. Uh, thankfully, I've seen it uh, a dozen times since, so I can actually talk about it and not uh, get teared up. But Eddie Kingston, man. I mean, um, 
yeah, I've got I've got no problem. I've got no qualms about saying like that was that was one of the best promos ever, and it had nothing to do with uh, building up a match, building up the show. It was just a genuine feeling from a genuine human being, and uh, you know, honestly, it, it's something that if if you were affected by Brody or um, God, if, if any tragedy, I mean, you could honestly like cue this up <laughs> and and play it. Because uh, he's got a fantastic message uh, about uh, turning those negative feelings positive and uh, making sure you talk to the people you love. I know, um, Mike, I, I just saw Mom and Dad today. They were watching Addie while uh, Michelle and I got uh, some ultrasounds for our new little one that's on the way. And, uh, you know, if you don't hold them a little bit tighter, give them a longer hug and a little kiss on mom's cheek like uh it's it's what it's all about well i uh, you didn't say it as well as eddie kingston probably would have but matt i think you said it pretty well uh yeah he uh he just <laughs> i had to cut a promo against you man i'm sorry um uh, yeah eddie uh just further cementing his status as uh one of the best uh just heartfelt speakers uh, in the history of pro wrestling I, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead i'm going top shelf with my compliments i've I've seen enough uh, in his AEW time and uh, just seeing him in, in candid opportunities uh, when it doesn't seem like the, you know, the cameras are going um, really rally the troops, really make it feel, uh, you know, heartfelt, uh, sincere, um, uh, eloquent, um, articulate, all that good stuff. Uh, it's, it's really just a treat and it's people like him that kind of remind you, yeah, you know, it really sucks that we lost Brody, but you know, we can, get past this. And, uh, you know, I think people like Eddie Kingston kind of helping to unify that whole locker room, um, you know, kind of, um, kind of being a stand in for the fan experience, you know, like where, uh, you know, we we're not really quite sure what to say or do. And, you know, he's kind of able to be there, be our vessel and kind of be like, yeah, we can, you know, use our wrestling fandom to get through tough times. And yeah. Just thank you to Eddie. I'm I'm really glad we included that little segment in the show. Uh, also, it's the uh, <laughs> it's uh, 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 something that's owned by AEW. We we don't own that. We just wanted to share it because it really uh, resonated with both of us. So just in case, yeah, that that probably is not going to make the YouTube cut. I didn't realize how many shots of AEW matches there were. I, I only remembered that's like that's the thing is I I've watched that a quite a few times and i only remembered eddie kingston speaking i did not remember any of the flashes of uh anything that happened <laughs> which which uh speaks to, to what a great uh uh orator uh mr eddie kingston is by the way mike eddie would have totally said what you said way better you fucking sucked man all right moving on <laughs> I, um <laughs> Sorry, I was so excited to say that the second you were done hey. talking. Uh, I thought something else to say. Uh, so uh, JR, Merry Christmas, uh, Shivani, and Matt, up yours. All right, here we go. <laughs> Matt, uh, Legends Night was this past Monday. Uh, they gave it a lot of promotion, and uh, they trotted out the old guys. Um, did Matt, hot tag. Yeah. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> Here's our new uh, hot, tag. hot tag graphic. This is a really hot long tag. graphic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh well, I guess we don't want it to repeat. Did this? Uh, did this? Did this succeed? Did Legends Night succeed for WWE? In what? 
getting higher ratings. Yeah, it, uh, it taught it us all. Yeah, it taught us all that there are two billion wrestling fans that will watch wrestling, and we realized that they don't care about Wednesday at all because they are not sniffing two million total on Wednesdays. So yeah. <clears throat> the thing of it is, it it starts to make sense why we see. Not that I mean, we're talking, you know, the the WWE legends coming up and they didn't even tell us that Bill Goldberg is going to be there. So we can't really steal that and say that's why the ratings were higher. Um, it's just, it's heartbreaking to see that people still want to tune in and the guys that were advertised and it, no, nothing against them, but I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to move on. But yeah, Booker T, I think, uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, they, yeah, I mean, Legends is a Fox. Um, to you know, to kind of mask that they wanted Goldberg to come in and have a yet another championship match. Um, like you said, he wasn't advertised at all. Number one, yeah. Was it? Was that? Uh, do you think it would have been for you as a fan? What experience would you prefer? The one we got? It's like on Monday where all the legends came out. There was no Goldberg announced, and he was the last one to come out. Or would you have preferred to see Drew and Keith Lee have a battle, and then all of a sudden the the drum hits from that dun, 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 dun. Like, it looked like it was a prop just to, like, get the casual fans to pay attention again, and then, oh, crap, there's Goldberg. Hmm. So we're, we're just changing up the script a little bit, where the, the fanfare, or the... Uh... Because I, I guess, guess what they're trying to do is get as many eyeballs as possible. So that's where that you know they bring in the casual fan by announcing Legends Night. Uh, but I, okay, so maybe I'm confused with your question. Then you're just saying you want me to change the entrance for Goldberg is what it sounded like. Because we got Goldberg, and then you said, "Or do I want the the drum to start for Bill?" What is what so is this? The question, what is the hot really, egg? You're really having a lot of trouble with this. So all I was saying was that they would either do Legends Night or they wouldn't. You still get Goldberg. Oh, okay, yeah, you should have asked that. Um, <laughs> what he said: Do you want what you got, or do you want Bill Goldberg's entrance to start? Uh, I, I'll, I'll say. I, I mean, it makes sense from their perspective. From my perspective, I don't need any of it. I don't. I've been shitting on Legends Night since they announced it. It does zero for me. Absolutely. The only thing that makes me watch a little bit closer is I know that we can tweet about it and have more people see our tweets. That's it. That's the only reason I'm like I'm almost angry that it happens because then I know. I can't like get away with kind of watching Raw and maybe play some video games. I know I have to keep a hard eye on the entire night to wait for something huge to happen. Uh, that's that's the long and short of it. It's almost frustrating to that to that end. But if it was for me choosing if I'm going to watch Raw or not, like from a pure entertainment standpoint, I don't. Yeah. Like I said, I don't need to see these legends ever again. I uh, I think the problem is that they don't they don't have a story that we could sink into, uh, like sink our teeth into. And I, I if Dave is still out there, I'd like to hear if there's any matchup he would really give a crap about with Goldberg. And for me, there still is. I still want to see him and Biggie have the match that Biggie dreams about, the meaty men slapping meat. I want him and Goldberg to go at it. It doesn't look like I'm gonna get that they haven't announced it because they 
they are determined to keep Goldberg, like if he's fighting in some sort of world championship realm. And really, I think I would be interested if he was just fighting Big E in a meaty men slapping meat match. Or if he's fighting Matt Riddle, um, you know, and Matt Riddle would cut some really, uh, woo, some real, uh, you know, right to the core promos about, you don't know how to do a leg, an arm bar, bro. You know, that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those are really good. bro. That would be wonderful to mix in that real life. Yeah, and I mean, Goldberg, he, um, I mean, he can throw shade his way, but I think one thing that he definitely has in common with Stone Cold was like, when he looked pissed, oh, Dave's on board with Goldberg and Mac. Um, when Goldberg was was pissed, I think he wore his emotions on his sleeve. So that's why I think like him versus Riddle would really uh, pop because I think he really wants to annihilate Matt Riddle, but I don't know if he has the physical capability to do it since he doesn't know how to wrestle. I, I'm sure the behind-the-scenes conversations have been keep that guy away from me. I never want to see his face again. Like, <laughs> and to be completely honest, Goldberg, despite the fact that I have zero interest in seeing him in the ring ever again, he, ha he is at that level where he could walk into a room, probably with a bunch of writers who are going to go, Oh my God, it's such a pleasure to meet you. Oh, I can't wait to write your story. Like he'll walk into that room and he'll make that comment and they'll be like, Oh, oh of course. Yeah. No way. No way, Riddle. Not, it won't be within a thousand miles of you. Um, I, <laughs> David, uh, Dave, are you saying uh, Matt Riddle joins the Drew McIntyre match? Because I, I'm already I'm throwing up. I'm already throwing up at Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg, but now I am. Oh my now god! I'm gonna make a barf back in. Yeah, you're I'm gonna make a mess of this office. I uh, no, I and I'm not just trying to like. Bump, you know, like jump on the trend to like shit on Bill Goldberg. I, I've also been not excited about Sting coming back. Like, what world are we in that all of a sudden we can't wait to see these cripples walk into the ring and put on a shit show? Like, I what what's going on? What happened in pro wrestling? What why are we excited for this? I thought we wanted something new and something fresh, and instead we're gonna change things so that Bill Goldberg can finish a match. So that we see his his face for a few seconds, like yeah. what what earth I mean, dimension? With that, I... with that said, you know I love uh, you know the first X Men movie. Oh, with Big E, Dave. Now you're speaking my language, buddy. Hell yeah! Um, like the first X Men movie. You know we had Ian McKellen playing Magneto. Like you know Goldberg's kind of our Ian McKellen, which is way too high a compliment for Goldberg. I immediately rescind that one. Um, but I think you. I, I hope you kind of see what I'm getting at. Uh, just the storylines don't work because it's always just him asserting himself right into the main event picture. And it just kind of seems undeserved, um, unearned. And it kind of feels like the writing's on the wall for the outcome. Um, well, we want to be rewarded for, for learning these characters' backgrounds. And it just gets thrown right back in our face because it means nothing. Like... That's why you finish a book when you're halfway through, like even if you do hate it. <laughs> but there, there's more to that. There, there's more to loving the book and finishing the book. And you can't wait for the next book to come out. And it's because, yeah. you know, one, you're enjoying the content, but you also want to see what happens from all these characters you learned so much about. Uh, that's why, like, you see the sequels of some stories get so, they make so much more money in, in, in movies. And it's it's more of a philosoph philosophical <laughs> And a psychological response 
from our brains is because we still want to be rewarded uh, for, for the time that we spent. Something I discussed again with, with Mr. Ryan Lambert today, and he was uh, he actually had a lot of fun with that idea of fandom. And uh, again, going back to like that brand loyalty conversation. Uh, so we spend so much time saying, I'm going to devote every Monday for the rest of my life watching Monday Night Raw. And then all of a sudden, everything we've done to prepare ourselves for Sheamus, everything we've done to applaud Drew McIntyre and his title run, it all goes out the window because now we're, we're resetting and we go, oh, fuck, Goldberg, Goldberg's back. He's going to win the title. Brock Lesnar's going to challenge him at WrestleMania. And we're going to fucking hate WrestleMania again. <laughs> I hate doing that. But, like, I don't know. That's that's where we're at. And I, I love Big E. And I think it's fine for me to love Big E and respectfully say, you don't know what you're talking about in regards to Big E versus Bill Goldberg. because. It's it's not what he thinks it's going to be. It's going to be a mess. It absolutely will be a mess. I uh, I, I I like the idea of um, you know, like uh, uh Orton, Ty Randy Orton had that with the legend cool. kill, like the string of legend killer matches where he would you know kind of beat up you know the old fogies and kind of make his way up to like Ric Flair. So I kind of like the idea of Biggie uh beating up other manly meat just in a meat slapping match. And they're both like extra baby oiled up, you know, and he kind of eventually makes his way up to the pinnacle of uh, man meat slapping yeah. with Goldberg. Uh, similarly, you know, you get, the story writes itself with Matt Riddle. Um, he's just out there having like uh, old school, you know, um, you know, Malenko or Kurt Angle matches with just, you know, technical Matt uh, wrestling. And he's finally like, you know, I wanted to show, I want to give Goldberg an education. I want to give, you know, uh, this old guy. He doesn't know anything about it. And that, that it's storyline, like, I think that would really build anticipation. I think people would really, like, tune in and buy tickets to go see that uh, to see if Goldberg can learn how to wrestle or if Matt Riddle can conquer uh, somebody who's larger than life. I, I would treat Goldberg like the Undertaker, um, where Undertaker was way out of the title picture like he's you know he doesn't need to worry about belts um just being in the ring with him and you know having a story there i think is the best way to use them and i agree like i said i, I like the real life getting mixed into that that's why i'm I, like when you said matt riddle i said of course but then i followed up by saying goldberg go, probably goes into these meetings and says keep that piece of garbage away from me i never want to see his face again and yeah. again he has he has the power to do that um now dave's thrown out there uh we'll, we'll pivot a little bit we'll stick on legends night why, why did charlotte yell at her father i'll tell you why because charlotte needs me to be her number one fan and there was nothing i loved more than on legends night to see somebody yell at one of these old fogies and tell them to get the hell out of here. That's what that represented for me. That was the, the like me as a fan and Charlotte saying, we're done with you guys. All you do is fuck me up. We need to look long-term and you sticking around here is going to screw up what I'm trying to do. Now, there's the kayfabe side of things where Charlotte was angry because Ric Flair got in the way of her victory. But if you take a look at it from my perspective, all he's doing is ruining every, like this entire roster's chances to get over and move to that next step because everybody who knows that there's that chance Ric Flair's going to come back is just going to say, like, oh, I'm just not going to tune in until Ric Flair comes back again. 
which is ridiculous. This, this is, we shouldn't be worried about those people anymore because they don't buy tickets. They don't buy t-shirts. They just tune in for stupid Ric Flair or stupid Hulk Hogan. Forget them. Build your brand. Build your roster. Pretend like that never happened. Bring them back 40 years from now. Just talk about them. I mean, he's going to be dead. But that, that, that's it. The, the more that these legend nights continue to happen, the more that it's, it's um, what do I want to say? Lessening? No. Uh, but the, the impact of what this roster is doing now is hurt every single time they do something like this because they're saying what these guys are doing is not must-see TV. But when Ric Flair comes back to say, woo, oh, you don't want to miss that. No. Fuck that. Okay. That's, that's, Dave, that's why it happened, Dave. Dave, I think what Matt was trying to say is Charlotte yelled at her father because she's trying to plant the seeds for a main event match against her father at WrestleMania. Charlotte versus Ric Flair. Matt, hot tag. Who you got? Come on, Matt. Who you got? Charlotte versus Ric Flair. Where's my, where's my Kenny Omega? Oh, no. Matt, don't Ken. Oh, no. Not Kenny Omega. He doesn't approve. Okay. Uh, Mike, if that happens... I'm buying the t-shirt for both of us. It says the Ric Flair versus Charlotte Flair. The daddy-daughter like dance you didn't know you wanted. We we are, Mike, this is the second... I feel like I don't even know you anymore. This is the second... We're a week removed from you saying Brock Lesnar, who wrestled a match last year, was performer of the year. Well, uh, we're a week removed from that. And we are now hearing from you how excited you are at all of the... Oh, oh, all of the huge feuds that Bill Goldberg's going to be involved in now that he's back. Oh, man. What are, all those great stories that Goldberg's going to be able to tell now that he's got back. The you've, got, you've got the Riddle story he'll refuse to get involved in. Uh, <laughs> the Big E match that WWE will be way too afraid to book. You know, um, Stephen King writes 1.5 books a year, and even he <laughs> will be like, I got nothing. That Goldberg story guy, he is a genius. <laughs> um, oh, but, my God. Yeah, I, I feel like I lost a brother this these last couple of weeks. I don't, I don't know who I don't know who you are. Um, you lost a brother, but you gained a, He's gone. He gained Mike is a over. master level... Uh, um, Booker, promoter for professional. Oh, I thought you were going to say troll. <laughs> no, master hey, level uh, troll. Like no. picking this, picking Brock Lesnar. This new I don't want Dave to get confused. This is a Shit's Creek, uh, the television program Shit's Creek reference. This is not about Dave, our friend. Uh, Matt, this is the ew, David moment <laughs> of the week. Uh, Matt, in the ew, David moment of the week. Again, a Shit's Creek reference. Uh, Damien Priest getting the big old call up. They want to send that puppy over to SmackDown. All right, so we can use this skip again because this is the this is the end of Damien Priest. That's uh, that character is gone. Uh, I mean, I, do we need him on SmackDown? I I feel like he's already enough like Baron Corbin that we don't need two. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. The only way this character gets over is three years from now, he turns into now Baron Corbin and win, wins King of the Ring. And we just hate him so much, he becomes a good heel. That 
is the only success that comes out of this character. I don't know what they're thinking. If he's just too big to to find a good matchup, yeah, he's too big for NXT. Oh, That's I mean, probably. yeah, it's like his. <laughs> oh, there, yeah, Dave's right there with us. You won't last long. Uh, I totally agree. I, I do not think Dave. You don't like when uh, Damian Priest turns around and looks at the uh, jumbotron and goes, "Thank you." Doesn't do anything for you, no. It builds builds nothing from that. <laughs> Just does that. It mean it's not like he's got a background. Maybe yeah. he does, but I have no idea if he has a background in like Olympic level archery. I don't know. Nobody knows because they do not. They have done the worst job telling this guy's story. Maybe it's just been so bad that now it's like uh, you ever. I was like a huge nerd in high school, but when I got my first uh, job, I was like still high school. I mean, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I'm a huge nerd now. When I got my first job, I went in there and I and I said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to people. I'm gonna be a whole new Matt. People are gonna like me," and it worked. It worked. I'm telling you. Like, I know I sound super pathetic right now. Trust me. I know. Oh, <laughs> I know. yeah. Oh, yeah. You garbage. Absolutely. Oh, I fucking hate you so goddamn much right now. Pathetic. Um, All right. <laughs> but, like, I, I got, Mike, I, I vetted ladies from that first job. I uh, oh. So, I, I mean, like, something that was never going to happen in high school happened oh, at this job. Uh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm just, like, the point being, maybe this is that opportunity. This, it's like Damian Priest just couldn't make it work in high school, so now he's going to go get his first job and try a whole new set of characters and promos. What do you think? I, uh, That's I mean, the only uh, way that could work. I think that if we're going to see some character development, I think we need to see him go on the Cody Rhodes, go Big Show, and fire some arrows. Um I don't know, maybe <laughs> see if Matt Riddle can teach him how to shoot an arrow with his bare feet, something like that. No, no. I don't know, but I, but I didn't think that we needed a call-up for Damien. I, I just thought we were going to learn who he was as a person. Um, so I, I I don't know. I would have, you know, I would have, you know, kind of marinated that story a little bit, you know, maybe throughout a couple. Uh, Absolutely any decision this. Just a couple narrative threads for us to kind of <laughs> dig the old fingernails into, and nope, we're just gonna. He's well, he he uh, he's kind of offensive, and he he kind of he does this, and that's uh, that's you know he's probably that's gonna get more TV time than uh, Alistair Black. So you're welcome for uh, people listening and not seeing the show. Uh, Mike just used the tiniest bow and arrow of all time. <laughs> signal with David up Vince will make him like he'll come out on Valentine's Day and he'll be like Cupid. Oh my god, yes. That will I will be on board for Damian Cupid. Like he comes out um, in a little red and white singlet with little hearts on it. That I would be a part of. What what if he so let's keep the Damian part of this. Let's book this shit. Yeah. <laughs> who the who the hell booked this shit? Um like let's keep the Cupid. Let's keep the Damian. Let's have him break up friendships and relationships as Damien Cupid. So the Damien side of things, of course, in, in reference to uh, the little boy, Damien, who is uh, the son of Satan. And uh, Cupid, of course, uh, the little uh, chubby, um, what do you call that thing? A little uh, cherub? Yes, the cherub. Yep. Uh, take the little cherub. Put, put him in a diaper still. But when he does his bow and arrow thing, he breaks up tag teams. It's like it's it's his uh, it's supernatural, like the fiend, you know, like how yeah. he rebirths 
uh, certain superstars uh, into new uh, storylines and characters. This, this is why he's going to break up tag teams so that Montez Ford can actually have a successful career. Oh, I like that idea of him breaking up tag teams um, and like matchmaking. You know, we're going to have a, we're going to have a draft. We're going to make a tag team match. Woo. What if it was purely dependent on him landing an archer shot? Like he's on live TV. Just missing from. <laughs> oh, wait, stay there. Yeah, he's trying to figure out the wind inside whatever Florida arena is willing to have the WWE inside of it. I, you know, gamify it, but have have it go to Vegas. How many how many arrows is it going to take for Damian Priest? Or, I'm sorry, Damian Cupid to break up uh, the Street Profits like this, Mike? We. Just stumbled upon pure genius here. I think you're being a little too subtle with the name change. Uh, this is a company that Ricochet comes out to. Bear, 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 bear. So Satan um, Cupid going I think forward. Should be Cherub Cupidson. Well, where's the Satan part? I need the I need the Damien part. Cherub Cupidson is still. I like Cherub Cupidson. <laughs> it's it's not cute. like a like an ex boyfriend of Rachel's on Friends. I like Cherub Cupidson. Um. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a cute name, but it doesn't help. Mike, you're doing what the WWE does. We're trying to tell Damien's story, damn it. That would be a cute I'm... name, guys. Uh, let's get in the get the brain trust together. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Dave, I want you to weigh in on this because we are, my God, we're just like three weeks away from the Royal Rumble, like our favorite event of the whole year. Um, we've had a few guys, a few names start trickling in, a few ladies' names trickling in about uh, you know declaring themselves entrance into the Royal Rumble. Um, we always love a good qualifying match, but who needs that? Just say you're in. Um, so, Matt, right now, it's July 7th, 2021. We're going to be doing one of these picks every week to see how they kind of evolve. Um, Matt, for the men, who do you have taken home the best, most favoritest thing of the Brothers of Discussion? Who's going to win that men's Royal Rumble? Now, we're going to go back. Because this all started when Matt picked Shinsuke Nakamura. And then, of course, uh, the easy pick, Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins. Matt has nailed it since the show started. He also picked Big E. Back in November, I went back to take a look. Yep. Matt picked Big E to win the Royal Rumble. And now Big E tops the list if you check out the Vegas odds to win the Royal Rumble. So Matt is going to stick with his Big E pick, just like he stuck with Seth Rollins, Nakamura, and Drew McIntyre. Mike, this is going to be four Royal Rumbles in a row that Matt nails the winner. Months in advance before people are even making Vegas odds, Matt is going to nail it. Big E winning the Royal Rumble this year. And also, Mike, he has yet to nail a women's Rumble, although I did get it right. Wait, who, who won last year? Charlotte, right? Charlotte won. Yeah. Yeah. So I got that wrong, but it was the year previous we we picked Becky. Um, um I gotta say Rhea that, Ripley uh, for the women's. All right, boom. Oh wait, who for the women? Rhea. Oh. Yeah, for the women, I, I think it is gonna be Rhea. This might be like her big uh come out party. Um and let her get some revenge. I, I gotta imagine Charlotte's gonna probably pin Asuka at some point when their tag team breaks right. up. 
Um, and Rio can get revenge at WrestleMania for a year-long storyline, something we always get in WWE's grill about uh, for not having more of those. For the men, I think they're really throwing us uh, a couple smoke screens. I don't think it's going to be Daniel Bryan. He doesn't really give a hoot anymore. I, I don't know if that moves the needle to see him get pummeled by Roman Reigns. Um, I don't think it's going to be Randy Orton. Um, he, he just has too much going on outside the main, main event picture. Um, he doesn't really need a belt. Which brings me to my pick. Matt, we're booking Goldberg and Drew McIntyre to fight for the strap. WWE likes likes revenge, but only only at, at their discretion. I'm going to have to do it. Matt, my pick right now. The Beast. Brock Lesnar. He's going to come back at the Rumble at... Not number 30. I think everybody's already going to be out. He's going to come out at 31 and eliminate everybody um, with minimal right. effort, minimal contribution to the show. Um, he's either going to be able to fight Roman, Drew, or Goldberg. That's what's going to happen. All right. So I'm typing this up because we have had invites to join other people's shows for the Royal Rumble. We're going to have a ton of shows going forward. I think it's fine if you change your pick. But it's going down in the Brothers of Discussion history books that you picked Brock Lesnar a week removed from you saying he's performer of the year last year. And, oh, good. Thank God. All right. Andre chimed in here. Uh, just had to get away from this Brock Lesnar stuff. Thank you, Christ, Andre, for chiming in. Uh, I predict Bobby Lashley to win the Men's Royal Rumble this year. I'd like to see Bianca Belair, Shayna Baszler win the Women's Rumble. Um, I think, uh, though... I, all of those are 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 perfect. I I just there's something about Rhea getting that call up. Maybe she is the um, what do you want to say like um, the plant kind of thing. Like we're all gonna think it's Rhea, and that's where Bianca comes in and knocks Rhea Ripley out because she did struggle to to find a victory over Rhea. So this could be that opportunity to say, boom, she knocks her out, and and them to be the final two would be fantastic to really sell like these two as they make their move into the main roster. I think that would be awesome. I don't hate it, but I think the big money or match it's, the final three, Bianca, Shayna, and Rhea. Holy shit, would that be awesome? That would be cool, but I, I think that what this company wants to do is uh, see Charlotte and Rhea go at it again. Rhea get her revenge. Um, but Bobby Lashley, I yeah. don't hate it. And honestly, when you think about um, like the recipe it usually takes to be that Royal Rumble winner for the men. Usually you have like a loss or two, and he's getting that loss or two right before Royal Rumble. Like he's losing to Matt Riddle, um, you know, taking pinfalls. He's not losing in like a count out or something. He's losing in pinfalls. Um, the only thing holding him back is he still has a U.S. title. And uh, to my memory, outside of like, oh, gosh. Um I don't think anybody. Yeah, I'm trying to think like there's that. Oh, Dave's piping in. Yeah, but I don't think Bob's going to win. I think he's going to have a lot of eliminations, but I, I just. Here, here's what's going to happen. I think they're just worried that he's not going to be enough to like, you know, sell a main event at Mania. I think Bobby Lashley's going to have a game changing Royal Rumble. I don't think he's going to win. I think he's going to knock out Brock Lesnar and that's going to be a WrestleMania match that we've all been dying to see is a couple of guys that are MMA, uh, like, 
legit MMA fighters going at it, and they could really go to town on each other. Uh, I think that would do wonders for Bobby. I don't know if he's ready for the main event title picture because it has been such a hard sell for the fans. I think I'm fine with it. I think as long as MVP is leading Bobby Lashley, it's an easy, easy sell. But I, uh, I would love for the long journey to be Bobby Lashley knocks out Lesnar, beats him at WrestleMania, and we finally start to separate from, from Lesnar. So now this is two straight WrestleManias he's lost. And, and and again, Mike, then you'll make that argument that he's, you know, anointed a couple of guys as the roster continues to 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 grow, uh, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. And then Bobby will then have this opportunity to fight either Drew McIntyre, Bill Goldberg, whoever's got the title, or he runs over to SmackDown and takes out Roman. Like that could be. See, like, I love that enormous. idea because it treats Lesnar like Undertaker, where he's more of a like a career stepping stone to be in the ring with him instead of in the the championship match. But WWE yeah. they don't like booking Lesnar and Undertaker like that. Or, uh, you know, and Goldberg like that. They like having them kind of, you know, at the top of the card, only fighting for the top gold in the company. So I, I'd like to see them kind of pivot from the way they've treated him, but uh, I just, I just see Bobby succeeding, um, like having a great success, but I don't see him winning. And Andre's right there. They they got to book that match now. I bet Andre, you you'd probably be on board too with. Uh, you know, I will say, I've been dogging Bill Goldberg. It would be pretty sweet to see, like, Goldberg, Lashley, Lesnar, throw in Biggie. I don't care. Do a fatal four-way for a title. At that point, then I'm like, okay, there's all the big meaty men slapping me. Ooh, like, that like at be. the top of a ladder, a big thing of meat. Like a big Omaha steak. <laughs> no, it's just, it's Otis. Otis is meat-hooked. I got him caught up by that butcher brown string, and he's just up there with like an apple in his mouth, like a pig. Yeah. Or they could have Kane do it. Like in See No Evil, he had that big old meat hook on a chain. He's going to do that, hook up Otis, pull him over, like a, you know, whatever whatever you call it, a lever there. The um, yeah. All right, I'm getting gross now. I don't want Otis to die, but I think he has enough girth to take that meat hook and still be hung over the man. Matt, beautiful word. <laughs> um, we're almost at the Wednesday Night Wars, Matt. We're almost pushing an hour here. Um, I know we wanted to talk just a just a couple last things from uh, from 2020 year in review. Um, the faction of the year. Now, <laughs> there's one entry in here. I think people might laugh at, but uh, here's who we had: um, the Dark Order, which uh, I think they really made a late push, um, and uh, Inner Circle. You know, they've uh, added some members here in 2020, Matt. Retribution, the one that might get some uh, giggling and teeing, and then uh, the Hurt Business. Uh, I honestly think I mean, uh, you could make a case for all four of them, I think. Maybe not as strong a case for Retribution, three, but I think you could make a case for all of them. Three of the four is pretty good. 75% of these teams you can make a case for. Matt, make the case for your winner. Oh, uh, I think I, what was funny is I was about to say, I think we picked our winner last week when we anointed MVP as the Mike man of WWE. Like it, we, we did, so, we put him on such a high pedestal. We forgot to mention Bray Wyatt and the fiend and all of his promo work, but that's yeah. fine. Like I'm fine forgetting that that exists because I'm so enamored with MVP and all of his work. Now what the hurt business has done 
for, especially for the wrestlers involved in there. But I, I mean, it's it's been game changing. I think for pro wrestling, it, this this is something where we wanted. We're, we were asking for, oh, let's redo Nation of Domination. And MVP actually made a statement of, no, that what that was is fine. This is something completely different. And, and uh, you know, Mike, to, to some point on what happened on AEW last night, like we saw sometimes you just can't make new things. You just have to go back and retread the old stuff because you, you're just not creative enough. <clears throat> but you do the Hurt Business is brand new and they've made it work like from scratch with guys that have struggled previously on different creative runs to have success and have the formula be let's grab guys that have struggled before to like become badass champions. And now they're all badass champions. They're not just champs. Like we've done that before. Like, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> Chad Gable's been champion uh, as a tag champion, but he's, he was never badass. This is guys that you legit want to watch on television. You want to hear them speak. You want to see them keep winning. And you've done that with guys that struggled mightily with any sort of individual campaign that was created in their individual storylines. So putting them together did wonders for them. It did wonders for the idea that you don't have to rely on old hat to get people to tune in or to believe in a pro wrestler. And you put the time in it, you put the effort, and you rely on the talent that those guys have you took the mic away from Bobby Lashley, but you let him kick the shit out of people. That is a formula for success. You've you've put people, we talk about it all the time, good casting. For people that don't like Drew McIntyre, I will never understand it. But he's perfectly cast as a champion and as the goofy, some sometimes overly confident becomes goofy. Like it, it just works. For Bobby Lashley to perfectly cast him, he needs to kick the shit out of anybody who's put in front of him. And he needs to not talk. <laughs> that's yeah. That's the role he's perfect for. So they yeah. put all these guys in this perfect position, and I don't, I don't know how how you work. Well, here's what I'm it. gonna do, Matt. I'm gonna go on the coattails of that one. Uh, I picked MVP as uh, my God, one of the most important uh, wrestlers uh, of 2020. Um, you know, as as far as taking a floundering um, uh, Lashley, Alexander, and Benjamin, um, and making them relevant. Um, you know, being a, being a mouthpiece for these guys who, you know, for the longest time, you know, maybe being on the mic wasn't their, their strong suit. Uh, we know Benjamin was uh, the gold standard, an incredible physical specimen. Um, Alexander, you know, multiple-time cruiserweight champion, incredible athlete. Uh, Bobby Lashley, just, you know, a, a guy, just Greek sculptors would blush. Like, I, I could never hope to chisel such a man. Um, and, you know... Um, MVP took them under his wing. Um, a guy who, uh, you know, I just I just learned the other day. It was one of the first, uh, uh, like, Intercontinental Champions in New Japan. Um, he was, uh, you know, a hell of a career going up. And I'll never forget him battling Ric Flair at Royal Rumble. Uh, God, what was that, nine years ago? Um, but, yeah, he's, he's just the character, the gimmick hasn't needed masks. It hasn't needed a sing-along. Um you know, it hasn't required, uh, you know, 10, 12 members. Um, it's just guys who are, were fed up with how, you know, we've been treated our whole careers and now we'd like to be taken seriously. And it's not just that we're declaring it. We're going to start taking these wins and losses seriously. We're going to start dressing in professional attire. And this is business. This is a hurt business is, you know, is as base 
um, as those definitions can be, we're here to beat people up and we're here to do it for money. And this is our job. We're taking it seriously. So I don't think there's a, a more perfectly apt named uh, faction than the Hurt Business. Uh, just an A-plus performance for the whole year. Um, Matt, before we leave this topic, uh, I'm going to give you 60 seconds to make the second place case for one of those teams. Go. Um, I mean, the inner circle gave us the uh, probably one of the best non, like, in-ring, I don't know if I want to call it like a promo segment, but the uh, the song and dance number from MJF and Chris Jericho. I mean, it, it's just something that you attach Chris Jericho to, and it's it's money. Literally, they've been banking on T-shirts ever since that that segment. Yeah. Uh, I, I think if 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 you thought Retribution or the Dark Order should have gotten it, Dark Order, I I absolutely understand where everybody's coming from, but it was not something I tuned in to watch. I'm sorry to say, I uh, that it takes nothing away from the loss uh, and the hurt I feel for Brody, me losing him. Us losing him and his family losing him it has nothing to do with it. But it, a thousand percent was not something I tuned in on Wednesdays to make sure I saw. MJF and the inner circle absolutely was. And yeah. I think I'm being completely fair in making that assessment. Uh, but that, and I'm only mentioning the Dark Order stuff because it's on our list. And yeah. I don't have to say anything about retrospect. That's 60 seconds, man. Here we go. I'm going to make the case for um, the Dark Order, actually. Um, I, I don't think that they were super relevant until Brody Lee came on the scene. Um, I think he elevated every single member of that team. Um, and it's thanks to Brody Lee's efforts, uh, Brody Lee's um, conviction in his promos, uh, the comedy in his promos, and he's throwing the paperwork um, at people like John Silver, who uh, suddenly are becoming household names. Um, you know, the Stu Graysons, the evil Unos. Um it used to just be just a, you know, uh, a schmaz of guys in masks. And now I feel like they have real character. Um, people do care about that group. Um, and the reason I wouldn't put um, Inner Circle up there is because it's still Jericho and friends. Where I feel like, you know, even with Brody's passing, the Dark Order has made people, stars, out of John Silver, Alex Reynolds, Stu Grayson, Evil Uno. Um so I think that, you know, they, they, they've been elevated by being in that faction where um, Inner Circle is still Jericho and friends. Uh, but yeah, let's move on. Um, oh, and real quick, Andre threw out there. Inner Circle doesn't need MJF and Wardlow. Um, that faction hasn't been the same since those two were added. Her business is money. MVP's uh, underrated creative mind. So bingo, bingo. So number one, I think we're all in agreement. Her business no doubt. Uh, it's just we get down to two and three is, is kind of the problem areas. Best well, let's of... Do, uh, we're running out of time here, man. Let's get into those Wednesday Night Wars. Okay. Yeah, just real quick. Best of the feed for me, Mike, was John Cena. And oh. uh, due, due for the 2021 push, I'm, I'm going to... After yesterday, it's got to be Raquel Gonzalez. And that, that'll lead us into that Wednesday Night War conversation. But uh, if you wanted to pick one from that list, feel free. Yeah, it like because uh, I was thinking about putting a um, AEW member in that 2021 list, but it's like those guys are it's it's a different kind of uh, like mentality on that show. The, the only one I could really think of was Darby, and he has a tar uh, t a championship already. 
but now he's bumping elbows with Sting. He's, you know, considered one of the big baby faces on the show. Um, so, yeah, I think just more main event push for that guy is uh, I, I don't see a, a, a star burning brighter right now in the Derby on AEW. Um, and as far as Best of the Fiend goes, it's not that um, he or she needed it, but I think just the way that, you know, it, it, it popped when it first hit the screen um, and just added new dimensions to both their characters. So it's, it's Alexa Bliss. Um, I love the Strowman matches. I love the, the Cena one. That's the one I'm probably going to rewatch over and over. And I, you know, show it to other people. Um, you know, Randy Orton getting lit on fire was a great moment. Um, but yeah, Alexa Bliss, um, you know, we're, we're building that, uh, Joker, Harley Quinn dynamic. And, uh, it's probably the one when I think of the fiend in 2020, um, it might be, I'll be, you know, I'll admit. I have some recency bias, but um, it's what I'm going to think of because um, I, I want to see more of that. I want to see how they develop with each other. Um, yeah, let's get into the, those Wednesday Night Wars, man. The Wednesday Night Wars. Right, cool. So, got yeah, playing now on YouTube. So, if you guys want to hear cool music, uh, oh wait, no, <laughs> we'll have the music on the podcast. Sorry, I'm dumb. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Mike, I, I don't know how anybody thinks NXT did not win this night. Even you know what? Have have Bullet Club come out, have NWO come out. The better wrestling TV show was fucking NXT. So let's do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. The way we do once in our wars, uh, we do the top three moments of each show, and then we include a dishonorable mention. Uh, Matt, I gotta say, looking at the card for NXT, looking at the card for AEW, I think I'm going first. I think you're right. I think NXT won this week. Uh, their card was incredible. It was uh, basically a takeover card for a regular Wednesday show. Um, New Year's so I'm gonna take, yeah, I'm going to take uh, moment number three here, Matt. Um, I gotta say... Um, <laughs> I gotta say, gosh, there was... There was Two, my problem, Matt, is that there was two dishonorable mentions. But I'm going to say moment <laughs> number three was Snoop Dogg uh, dropping. Uh, it was supposed to be a frog splash, but as my uh, my lady friend can attest to, there's there's a quite a few strands of uh, marijuana out there. And again, every every time we do an explanation like this, we end up turning into Fred Willard. So according to my significant other, it turns out there's more than just the weed. There's a there's a whole array of strands out there. You can pick and smoke and shoot into a brownie, anything you you can imagine. And I, I think if Snoop Dogg were to name that finisher where he collapsed off the top rope, all seven foot nine of him, uh, I have to think it would be the famed strand, the Alaskan Thunder. Oh, fuck! Splash. Because that looked painful for Snoop Dogg. Oh, my God. All those bones cracking with no meat to support him. My God. Um, he's, uh, he's not a young man anymore, Mike. Um, I'm going to do the research right now. I, uh, you know, I'm okay to criticize him because uh, Sasha Banks definitely said, uh, fam, we got to work on that. So I feel better knowing Sasha Banks has my back on that criticism. But, man, it was uh, about he's 49. And I will yeah, say, of all the celebrities out there who could have made a wrestling cameo and just butchered the crap out of it and still came out smelling like 
Wheat and Flowers. Um, I gotta say, it's probably only Snoop Dogg. Only Snoop Dogg could have pulled <laughs> off that terrible of a splash. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had a lot of thoughts about that. And, um, you know what? I'm not a fan when this stuff happens in the WWE. Yeah, and I don't know why all of a, I don't yeah. know why all of a sudden we're okay with it in AEW. So there's just, there's a lot of things going back and forth that, that did not need to be on my TV. But, uh, so I, I had fun with it. It, it improved my night. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm, I'm glad you had fun. Now, uh, Mike, while you were watching Snoop Dogg, I was watching Xylene <laughs> debut her brand new badass oh, fucking character with uh, Boa on the sidelines. She took out Katrina Cortez. Mike, this is everything we've been begging for, and it was a squash match, and it's still like one of the top-rated matches from yesterday. If uh, you head uh, head on over to, uh, I don't know, the Wrestling Wire uh, kind of thing. Uh, this this is again this is everything we've been hoping for it was uh i think what we're learning is that zia lee was just getting used to what was going on here at nxt because everything she did yesterday was perfection and it was everything we want from a brand new character introduction you need the squash match i i don't i don't i'm not a person i'm not someone who's gonna say it was a squash so i'm not gonna acknowledge it it means so much to the story you and i said it a million times it needs to affect the story for it to make my list of best yeah. things to happen. And um, I, I can't think of something better than this than, than to say that we introduced a brand new Zia Lee who we know is off the charts incredible from an athletics perspective. And it looks like they're developing a character. As, as we've seen with Asuka, some changes were needed. They needed to get some new voices in the writer's room to figure out how to make Asuka's communication struggles uh, work on TV, I think they just solved anything that was going to be an issue with Xylee as well. And I'm all here for it. And I can't wait to see what the next chapter is in this because that first one was incredible. I want to see who's under that mask. Can't wait for Switchblade Jay White to be revealed as the, uh, you know, it was him all along, Mike. Switchblade yep. Jay White. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I know it's, no, it's not him. But that would be, that would be fucking amazing. But, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know if uh, if there's any more to say about this because uh, it was quick and uh, deadly, and uh, I can't wait for more. Mike, you you ready to? Do you want to touch on Zaylee? I am definitely ready to touch on Zaylee. I okay, number two. Woo. All right, Matt got me out. Beautiful move there, Matt. Moment <laughs> number two for uh, all extra time wrestling here. AEW. Uh, it's got to be. Wardlow and Jake Jack Hager. My God. Um, and it's not that it was the greatest match of all time, you know, but it was just a good old Haas fight, as Jim Ross liked to call it. Like, you Clash know, the AEW, AEW keeps, you know, trotting out poor JR commentary to, you know, call women's matches. And he's like, well, there's uh, two non-men wrestling. You know, he doesn't know what to say or do. Uh, but luckily, two big old Hosses came out there. And, you know, JR was... Just sparkling with enthusiasm. Uh, Bonnie was excited. Um, all of the uh, inner circle was up the ramp watching and, ooh, kind of cringing, you know, when the when the big blows would hit. And um, I got to say, I think the majority of the smarks out there, and I, I include us in that, that smark category, we thought, well, it's probably going to end in a no decision, you know, some shenanigans. They're both going to collapse through a table, some crap like that. Um, to protect everybody, but Wardlow got a clean victory over Jake Jack Hager. Um, 
I don't at this point, I, I think uh AEW's maybe gonna let Wardlow uh, you know, kind of shine on his own a little bit. He's, you know, kind of uh been relegated to the crony of MJF, but this this definitely kind of helps um you know elevate him a little bit. Um give him uh, a little little a uh, little more importance on the card. Uh, you know, a little bit of a stepping stone over Jake Jack and um I don't know if that means that he's eventually going to be, you know, one of Kenny Omega's, you know, next like middling feud, something like that. Uh, Cause we've seen AEW kind of push bigger guys, you know, for like immediate title matches, um, you know, in the aftermath of a big win like this, but uh, it was a fun match to watch. And uh, it's, it's something that, you know, we've harped on. Um, and I, I know you mentioned it last night when we were on uh, Twitter, uh, just talking about, you know, um, adding depth to a division. And if you can add some even more depth to that, you know, kind of main event, um, AEW championship picture, even if Warlow probably won't win, you know, to kind of build up a big guy like that. Um, it's, it, you know, it's always that classic um, David and Goliath match. Um, you know, and Wardlow would be happy to step up as a Goliath. So Matt, that's my number two. And I got to throw out there, Andre is uh, super psyched about that Zaylee kick too. He wants to call it the COD, the concussion on delivery. I freaking love that. Um, <laughs> I don't know who we need to talk to, but uh, we got to make that happen. Now, the number I two. Such a, yeah, I have such a crush on her. I'm so excited that she's finally getting the recognition she deserves. Another couple of people I have a crush on. Uh, after last night, and surprisingly enough, Mike is my number two and not my number one. Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly deliver another banger. Wow. But this, Mike, this night of NXT delivered, in my opinion, a couple of match of the year candidates, which is nuts because you only have two hours to put a show together. And yeah. you usually see like those longer matches where you go, oh, it's match of the year because it was super long. Um <laughs> But I mean, in all in all seriousness, uh, this is number two. Number one deserves to be number one, but this could easily be number one. I, I mean, it's just crazy to me that in one night we got two bangers, and they do so much. You've really told the story of Kyle O'Reilly. Unfortunately, yeah, he does not deserve he or deserve he does not fit the championship mold, and I'm fine with that as a truth. And I'm really cool with him being able to take Finn Balor to the limit twice. They told a tremendous story in the ring of uh, hurting each other's jaws now. And then uh, Finn getting hurt uh, in his arm. And, then, you know, they made a point on NXT Twitter to say they're both being sent to the hospital, which probably not. But it, it's it's cool to add that to the story. Like, they really took each other that far. But uh, ultimately, like, this is one of the best NXT matches on a regular NXT show I think we've ever seen. And I, I highly recommend you take the time to check it out. It's a tremendous finish to the story. And it does so much to say that when Finn Balor eventually faces Karrion Cross, that is going to be a fucking huge match. And it's because Finn had to take out Kyle O'Reilly twice. And uh, for Kyle, I'll, I mean, this is it. This is now... Undisputed Era has holders of match of the year candidates in two different spots. And of course, from a tag team perspective, they've always had those match of the years, um, especially when it came to anything they were doing with Mustache Mountain. So 
I mean, the Undisputed Era is not something we even brought up for Faction of the Year, but I think it's because it is getting a little old and we want to see a major change. We want to see it go to the main roster. I don't think we're ever going to see that happen, to be completely honest. But from a faction perspective, this is now one of the greatest factions of all time. Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot to debate there. Um, <laughs> they, you know, they just they just win, and all of them are excellent in their own way. I it's a fantastic group. Um, Matt, that's uh, for AEW. Dishonorable mentions. To the dishonorable mentions. You have two of them. You said. Well, I was going to put Snoop Dogg in there, but it brought such a, 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 a skip to my step and a smile to my heart. I, I couldn't do it. it. It made me too happy to see the old Snooper with his... I'm, I'm so proud of that one-liner. Uh, I think it was Chris B. who gave me some some love for that Alaskan Thunder. Oh, fuck! Uh, but Matt, the dishonorable mention, uh, we're going to have to start keeping track of how often the poor women's division and AEW gets the dishonorable mention because, once again, whew, another entry. Um, Hikaru Shida, fantastic talent. Um, Abaddon, you know, one of those, you know, unique um, uh, characters where, you know, she looks like a Danny Boyle zombie from 28 Weeks Later. Um <laughs> She's got the uh, the uh, different color contacts. She's got the gore coming out of her mouth. Um, you know, she's got that commitment to the you know crawling, uh, you know, zombieish, uh, ghoulish character. And for a couple of weeks, we were really inspired because we were like, "Wow, look at she's kind of challenging uh, Hikaru. She's you know right there, uh, you know, taking kendo sticks to the face, um, you know, and then getting right back up, a la Undertaker and Kane, and then." Uh, she immediately got a championship match that lasted all of eight and a half minutes. Um, her best offense was done under the ring when she uh, took a chunk out of Hikaru's neck, right, bit her right in the jugular uh, for the storyline. But Hikaru, in, uh, yeah, like when a wrestler takes a bump on the knee and then they kind of hit their knee, oh, I got to get the blood flow back in. Hikaru did the same thing for her jugular getting uh, opened up, going, ah, come on, blood, stay in that neck. Ah, come on. Um, Abaddon barely got any offense in. Uh, her, 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 her challenging to Hikaru was over in eight minutes. And then just to make sure there was no doubt that this feud was officially over, as soon as the bell rang and she you know, you know, threw up her championship and you know the ref held up her hand, they immediately cut to her 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 next feud with uh, Ty Conti, who's like, yeah, I'm gonna beat you up and all these other generic promos. So. Abaddon, as quickly as she came into our lives, she's already out. She's already getting swept under the rug. Matt, it's heartbreaking stuff. I really, I really had high hopes for Abaddon. But Matt, there's still moment number one for AEW to rescue uh, you know, all the broken hearts who watched Abaddon fall from uh, one knee to the face. Matt, it was Kenny Omega and Ray Phoenix. And the first five minutes of this match, I was like. Whatever, Kenny Omega just airbrushes his pants. You know, Rob Van Dam did that 20 years ago. And then Omega and Phoenix just lit it up with uh, just, my God, just uh, springboard pile drivers. We saw uh, these incredible um, gymnastic Frankensteiners. Um, it just uh, uh, like the juice that just keep going, uh, the endurance that these guys had to keep these these moves going. Um, for, for everything they did, it never felt like a spot fest. It honestly just felt like 
I'm getting top level competition. I'm going to have to do something even more daring and painful to the other guy to finally come out on top. Um, but part of the reason that this match and this show was not quite at NXT's level is AEW was trying to sell next week's program, um, and next month's program, and next year's program. So this match kind of got snuffed out. Um, it didn't quite have, you know, the full 30 minutes that it deserved and that, you know, it kind of felt like emotionally we were building towards because, you know, they wanted the good brothers to come out. Um, so Omega and Phoenix had an A plus and it kind of chopping it, um, time-wise to make sure they could fit in all the extracurricular kind of knocks it down to an A minus. They, um, had to get the good brothers in there. Um, they had to run out the young bucks who are seemingly rebuilding, uh, you know, bullet club. Um, and then, uh, you know, we got to see, uh, our boy Eddie Kingston, uh, pummeling, uh, Ray Phoenix's boys in the back. Um, you know, uh, uh, Pac and uh, Penta. So it's it's uh, a lot going on. Um, it just wasn't enough to topple NXT this week, man. So you should absolutely watch Omega and Phoenix, especially if, like me, I'm still kind of on the fence about, you know, seeing Omega as the greatest of all time. But a match like that, I'm like, all right, I get it. So, Matt, your dishonorable mention for next Extra Time Wrestling. Well, we got to go, uh, and this is going to go quick because uh, my... Poor baby girl is not having a good night. Uh, Santos Escobar being called or being compared to Io Shirai by Wade Barrett. I'm sorry. Santos is doing a great job. Not up to that level. Uh, so that's my dishonorable mention. Number one for NXT, I've already said it, is, uh, I mean, it's Raquel Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley. Um, you, you've got amazing, amazing spots in that match. Uh, and the right person got over. And I, I think this is going to be the perfect way to send Rhea, who you know, had interference from Dakota Kai getting uh, measured into this. So she's not hurt by this at all, but you finally have Raquel getting over Rhea. And now she is anointed as the new Titan of NXT women's wrestling, uh, NXT wrestling period. And and, and I think this is going to do wonders for whatever those matchups are going to look like before she's crowned NXT champion. Uh, I, I'm super stoked for it. And I am sure there's... <laughs> Folks out there that probably need to hear more before they're convinced, but I'm telling you right now, this is one of the best women's matches uh, we've gotten out of an NXT show ever. And it's because these two women have that relationship. It's because of the power that they can put into these matches that other women can't put in, into their matches. You're, you're getting something different that we, it's almost like the opposite side of the spectrum of in um, men's wrestling. When we see somebody like AJ Styles stand out, it's because it's so different from what we saw when Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior were going at it. This is that other side of the spectrum where these ladies are incredibly athletic and agile. So you, you still have those elements of uh, AJ Styles mixed into it, but they also have incredible power and you don't want to miss it. It's something that everybody that is at the top level for WWE was tweeting about it uh, last night. It's for a reason. It's because they don't want you to miss some of the best content they've put on uh, television, YouTube, and the WWE Network. So don't miss it. Uh, unfortunately, like I said, I got to run. And I hate that I when I do this, I usually run away from my interviews early. Mike, I love you. I got to go. Everybody, wow, thanks for tuning in. Find us at BODpodcast.com and BrothersOfDiscussion.com. And, uh, Dave, are... thanks for coming. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, subscribe on YouTube if you are ca catching this because of some uh, wonderful SEO work done by myself. 
Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. And we want to see you stick around and throw in your comments when we go live next. All right. Thanks, everybody.